Hello everyone, this is your host, Gemma Putty, bringing health and wellness conversations from North Idaho and across this region. I'm so excited to chat with entrepreneurs, creatives, and believers as we journey together to connect more deeply to ourselves, our earth, and our communities. Cheers to shining bright and supporting local. So today I'm talking with Jason Loritzen, the founder, owner, and creative genius of Strata Soul. He designs and repurposes bicycle inner tubes and other materials into bike and personal accessories. He's an avid cyclist and believer in finding balance through creativity, cycling, and giving back. So Jason was recommended to me by Brandy of episode four as someone who inspires her locally. Um, so when Jason and I first talked, he was like, well, I don't know, because I'm not necessarily health related. But I think my real goal is to talk about health as in that holistic piece. So it's mind, body, spirit, community. And I think Jason really emanates that. He's um, connected to what he loves. He finds connects to his source really through cycling and giving back through his creativity. So without further ado, thank you for joining me today, Jason. Thanks for having me today, Gemma. My pleasure. So as we dive in here, I mean, you and I chatted last week and you've just got a lot of passions. And do you want to talk about those a little bit? Sure. Um, maybe first I'll get into how I started in this. Um, <laughs> growing up, I rode bikes like anyone would. Um, I didn't really have my own bike. I used to ride my aunt's English three-speed on dirt roads out in Sagal. So wasn't a very impressive mode of transportation. Uh, then didn't really ride bikes until I was in my thirties and then got into it through a friend and was just blown away. I mean, it was, I did track in high school and I'd always hear like the long distance runners talk about the running high they'd get. And I was a sprinter, my long distance running, I couldn't get past like three miles. So I never hit that point where you get the runners high with the uh, endorphins kicking in. And my first real bike ride, I went 30 miles and totally had that giddy, happy feeling and just was hooked. Um, the business side of it, uh, I've never really been a real artsy person, I guess. I mean, I used to draw on that type of stuff. There was more straight lines, drafting type things. Um, I worked for a civil engineering firm as a designer and went through a divorce and kind of just wanted to change my life up and moved to Boise right about the time the economy was tanking around 2008. So I found myself down there without a lot of job prospects and just scrambling to get a job to support my family and myself and found a company that was looking for an industrial sewer. And I, my grandma had taught me how to sew with a sewing machine to make like marble bags when I was a kid, but <laughs> yeah. I had a gift of gab. I went for an interview, did a quick little test run on their industrial sewing machine. It worked the same as my grandma's did. And got a job with them and they were called Reride Bags. They were a little startup and they were making products out of used bicycle inner tubes. And I thought it was just cool as heck. Um, I was in at the ground floor helping design some of their products and they didn't last very long. They kind of did a different business model, hired a bunch of employees, had a lot of overhead by 
paying for office space and that type of stuff. So when I left, I had made myself a lot of products, a messenger bag out of inner tubes and a few things. And I held on to them with the idea that, you know, this would be a great one man operation, one person operation, just, you know, making things you like and not have a lot of overhead. So I guess maybe eight years ago, I decided I was going to give it a go up here and got an industrial sewing machine and started making a few of the products. I started out with only three items. I made a messenger bag, um, a little purse and like a zipper bag to carry coins in. And now I'm up to, I think my Etsy shop has 16 different items on it and I make probably another 12 or 15 things just on a custom basis. Right. That's awesome. Um, would you tell the story of how you got your, um, your first industrial sewing machine? Because those are pretty pricey, right? Yeah, they are there. That was probably what took me the longest to get into this. Cause once I moved back up to North Idaho from Boise, I always had it in the back of my head that I wanted to do that. But yeah, a industrial machine about the cheapest one you can find is around $1,500. So a buddy of mine told me about Kickstarter and it's a crowdfunding site where you pitch an idea, what you'd like to do. If people support you, they tell you how much they're willing to give towards it. And then if you meet your goal, then you get the money, you do whatever you said you're going to do and give them like a reward. So mine was, I had this messenger bag. I think at the time it was, if you backed me for $40 and I met my $1,500 goal, then you would get a messenger bag. So it took off. I had enough people that pledged money. Um, I bought my first industrial sewing machine, made all those messenger bags, sent them out to people all over the world. I mean, I, it wasn't just US. I had people in Europe and Asia and Australia backing me. And from there, I just went ahead, mostly started out selling at the local farmer's market, right. um, Kootenai County Kootenai Farmer's County, Market. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, did a few craft shows. Um, anymore, I only do about one show a year. I do the Spokane Bike Swap just because it's my customer base pretty much. And it's a fun thing to do. Other than that, I mostly now just sell online. I see. Okay, perfect. I think that the bike piece specifically, I love how that really is your lifestyle, right? I mean, yeah. You started when you were very young, have all sorts of different bikes. And you want to talk about how it just fits into your daily life now, just to give you a break, to find balance, the different kind of bikes that you have. Gotcha. So I'm a total bike net. Um, I have, I think our family has 14 bikes at the house right now. My wife has five. I have five. The kids each have at least one. So I ride road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, cruiser bikes. If it's got wheels, I'll ride it. Yeah. I can't ride a unicycle. I've tried, but maybe when I'm older, I'll give it another shot. It's just, it's a, 
it's the best mode of transportation out there. I mean, it's, it actually is the most efficient form of travel in nature. If you, for kilograms moved per calorie spent, nothing beats a bicycle. I mean, not in the natural world, uh, fish swimming through the ocean burns more calories to move it. No mechanical conveyance that runs on fossil fuels can touch it. Bikes are just about perfect. I mean, they're all, I joke, I'm like, it's a, it's a magical device that moves you through space powered on leftover pizza. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just awesome. And the physical benefits of it, I actually have to have two wedding rings. I ride way more in the summer than I do in the winter. And I get so skinny in the summer from riding bikes that my wedding ring will fall off. <laughs> and I eat in the winter like I do in the summer and then my summer wedding ring won't fit anymore. So I have to switch back to the, the other one. And mental health wise, I mean, there's lots of quotes out there. Sir Arthur Conan, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle has one where it's, basically saying that no matter how dark your outlook or how rough work is that week or family problems you may be having, when you get on your bike and start turning pedals, I mean, your mind clears some of it's physiological. I mean, the endorphins going, the serotonin levels are increasing. It's just bikes are awesome. I can't really say enough about it. And I think that's interesting because I mean the endurance sports in general I I told you I, I ran cross country since I was in middle school and then it evolved into longer distances I'm that person that loves the longer distances I ran marathons you know and that now I'm on the trail running side of it because just loving all of running it, trail running just fits into my life right now and connecting with nature but you've got all of that through the variety of options of bike riding and then with running of course lots of people hate it it's really hard on your body it's but my cycling is that whole nother realm of low impact you can go for miles on your road bike or you can take the mountain bike up on the trails which we've got so many around here yeah um, i mean the low impact portion of it's huge i mean it's good for your knees I mean, you, you kind of have to switch around how you do it. I mean, if you have bad knees, you're not going to, you're going to stick to places where you can stay in a lower gear and spin. But I mean, people well into their seventies and eighties are still doing long distances on bikes and hopefully I'll be one of those. I mean, it's, yeah, it's an awesome sport. And I mean, it's more than a sport. It's, it really is my life. I mean, pretty much every friend I've made, that I didn't already have as a friend since junior high, I've made through cycling. When I meet someone on a bike, I know there's about a 99% chance they're a good, fun person. I mean, it's... I say it's, the same about dog owners. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I mean, dogs and bikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Well, and I, that's it. I mean, across the world, and we'll get into COVID in a minute, but people aren't, it's not just a sport. Like you said, it's a very it's a great way to get around town. I mean, you're not, you just, it's way more free. It's across the world in general, people are using bikes because they're good for the planet, because it's good for them, because it's that calming way to wind up to what you're going to do or wind back down. Yeah, I love that. But so you told me a lot of cool things about, or things I just didn't know about what it, COVID specifically has done for the bike community and for your business. Yeah, COVID, because of the early lockdowns, 
a lot of places you weren't really supposed to go outside unless you were exercising. And we got into that a little bit talking about, you know, you'd see memes about poor dogs, like, oh my God, I've, this is my seventh walk today, buddy, leave me alone. But <laughs> gyms were closed, people needed an outlet, and bikes took off. I mean, if you went to the local bike shops this summer, they looked more like bike display stands shops. I mean, because they were just empty. And along with that, all of the bike adjacent businesses, accessories, that type of stuff took off. My my business, I mean, it used to be just a little sideline. It'd pay for new bikes and vacations, that type of stuff. I got laid off from my job just as this took off. So I've actually replaced my normal income with my side business, basically. And who knows how long that'll last, but I have about, I'm running about 400% what I did over last year. And it's, it's been amazing. I mean, I love working out of my house, making products so people can ride their bikes. I mean, it's, I love the fact that one of my handlebar bags, you know, may be used by somebody to carry their lunch to work in Amsterdam or Thailand. I mean, it's, it's humbling, I guess, kind of. No, that's so, yeah, right now it's, I feel like I'm very community focused and like, okay, this is my bubble. This is my day to day to get through the COVID craziness. But when you think of it, our planet is shrinking, right? You can mail things. Etsy is, I've bought beads from other sides of the world. It's, it is really cool to feel that connected. And especially when you're making things, I have actually this beautiful, bike handle bag that you gave me that I can just this is so cool I could just see it being used for multiple things like you said so to think yes yeah, someone in Amsterdam is using it that's awesome very rewarding and oh, I was gonna say something that brought up that I, when I was talking about my business about the fact that that bag is made out of basically I mean I hate to say it but trash almost every part of that bag and that's kind of my thing I mean there's a lot of people across the country making bike bags. I'm one of the few people that are making bike bags out of completely repurposed, recycled materials. That bag uses the main bodies made out of scrap truck tarping I get from a company that it would otherwise get thrown away. The Even the Cordura material I get from a local company that it's their ends and seconds. So most of that is all, you know, it wouldn't get used. It's sitting in the back of a shop and eventually it'd get thrown away. And of course they use bike inner tubes. I mean, that's kind of what got me into that was working for that company and realizing like, you know, how many inner tubes we go through. I mean, it's getting fewer inner tubes anymore now that people are going to tubeless tires, but there's still tons of them out there and they were all ending up in the landfill. So it's, it's a dual purpose. It gets them out of the landfill. It gives them a new life and it keeps my production costs low because my materials don't really cost anything. <laughs> right. No, that it, it's such a cool cycle. Cause I mean, you said you'd even got some raft gear donated to you because they were getting rid of it and they loved what you were doing. Yeah. NRS rafting company out of Moscow, another Idaho company, their old dry suits and wetsuits and rafting bags, uh, one of their employees, I think they're in marketing maybe, uh, ran across my products and reached out to me and asked if I had any interest in it. And I'd never really 
thought about it, but I'm like, sure, more free stuff to make things out of, go for it. So she said she would drop off a box of it at my house next time she came up. And I thought, that's great. You know, I'll try it out and see if anything's worthwhile. I wasn't home when she stopped by and she left 18 boxes of of materials in front of my garage. <laughs> so I moved them all in there and sorted through stuff. I wasn't able to use everything. Uh, I don't use a lot of neoprene from like the wetsuits. I've tried, but it's just, it's so thick. It's hard to use in the sewing machines. I still have them. I, I try to use pieces of it when I can, but the dry suit material is amazing. I mean, you have a, I kind of feel bad because you have a, a dry suit that they use for rafting expeditions that costs a thousand dollars msrp and they're throwing it away because it has a hole in it and i'm cutting sections out of it and making a 40 dollars messenger bag out of a thousand dollar dry suit but it's not a thousand dollar dry suit anymore it's a worthless piece of trash that's going and taking up space in the landfill but it's it's neat material i try to incorporate some of the pieces of it like most of the dry suits have a zipper pocket in the shoulder so I'll use that piece for the main panel of the messenger bag so it'll already have a, a zipper pocket made into it I try to do that a lot kind of use my artistic license to also make it functional right right I love that it's one well, of some of the linings I think the one that you brought to show me had it was a little coin purse but it had um chili pepper lining in it and you've got you've got such a creative twist like your your products are they're functional I mean I'm sure they're obviously so waterproof and durable but then you've got these cool colorful twists and add-ons I also know Brandy said that she had a bag or something of yours and people keep mistaking it as leather which is cool when you're trying to substitute leather you know the bike inner tubes or that's what all my products are vegan and gluten-free I like to point that out so, um, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> okay good you laugh that. Um, some people don't get it they're like well yeah it's gluten-free <laughs> no um yeah it is it does look like leather I, I ran into that a lot, a lot at the farmer's market. You're sitting there and people would wander by and they look over at your stuff. And a lot of them, you know, won't walk up and talk to you because they don't want to be, you know, carnival barked into buying something. Some people are a little more intense that way. But I actually see a mouth as they walk by like leather. It's like, no, no, it's not leather. So I actually had to have a sign that hangs above my cart that says made from recycled inner tubes. I mean, and they'll walk up and like, oh, wow. And then they want to touch and look at it and feel it. And it does kind of have the heft and feel of leather. But like I said, it's vegan. It's no animals are harmed in the production of this product. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Well, and I honestly, I can imagine having this bag forever because I mean, the outside, it's just so durable. And I mean, I'm already like, my brain is like Christmas season is coming up, everybody. Let's <laughs> go visit Stratosol and Etsy because they're really, you have stuff for everybody. So it's super cool. Yeah, there's a little bit of everything there. Well, and I mean, you've got a lot going on. You're doing your business. You're also in school. And then, I mean, helping with your families like day to day. How do you keep balance in it all? And I'm sure this is going to go back to bikes, but. <laughs> I just quit sleeping. That's my main thing. <laughs> uh, no, no <laughs> you have to balance it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to school right now to be, an, to be a middle school math teacher. So I do, I'm in school full time. I'm sewing full time. 
I have two daughters at U of I. I have a 12 year old son in school and, you know, helping him with school while all of this is going on and then still trying to find time to ride bikes. I mean, honestly, between school and sewing, I could wake up at 6 a.m. every day and do homework and sew until I fall asleep exhausted at midnight every night if I wanted to. I have the work that needs to get done, and part of you wants to do that. It's like, well, no, I can't take time for myself when I have these deadlines hanging above my head. But you you have to do that. I mean, what I do is I... I kind of triage everything. I mean, if I have orders that have to go out today, I know how long that's going to take me. I have an assignment due at seven o'clock tonight. I need to make sure that's done in time. And I also need to schedule a two hour bike ride in the middle of the day, because why do the rest of it if you can't have some time for yourself too? I mean, it's just, you're a better well-rounded person if you take care of yourself. And I mean, I, I tell people I love that because my wife, works incredibly hard. She's working on a doctorate. She teaches full time. She also has a business she runs on the side and just, you know, she feels guilty if she takes time to take a bubble bath. It's like, no man, you gotta take time for yourself too. And if it takes scheduling it into your day so that it gets done, then schedule it into your day. No, for sure. I tell That's people kind of the way, like way I you know, it's you schedule, you don't question whether you're going to brush your teeth in the morning because that's your dental health. And you don't question whether you're going to give yourself time to unwind or reconnect or whatever it is that works for you. So cycling, if you kept doing the work that you were doing without taking that time for you, you'd burn out, right? It would. Yeah, you, I mean, mentally, physically, everything. I mean, it's just biking makes me a better person. If I feel myself getting overwhelmed, fed up, short with talking to someone that I care about, I'll actually just go get on my bike and go ride for half an hour, even if it's just around the neighborhood or run down to the post office or whatever. And I automatically feel better when I get back. I mean, it's just biking doesn't fix everything, but I can't think of anything it doesn't. So maybe it does fix everything. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's having those things in your life that put everything into perspective, right? Like for me, it's yoga. For me, it's like even going for a walk or a hike, just go and walk around the block exactly to do what you're saying. Be like, I'm in overwhelm mode. And especially because you're doing so much th stuff that you really love, obviously, between your family, your creativity, going back to school for something that you chose, because, I mean, you want to teach middle school. I loved your story about, I mean, I'll let you tell it. Why did you choose to teach middle school math? Well, honestly, I'd never really thought about teaching before. My wife's a teacher. She's been a teacher for 20 years. She's amazing. She teaches elementary school at a Title I school most of the time. And Post Falls especially, but almost everywhere in Idaho and pretty much across the nation, they have a shortage of substitute teachers. And teachers can't have a day off if they can't get a substitute. I mean, if they have a doctor's appointment, they need time off for. So Post Falls was short on teacher on substitutes last year. And I did it kind of as a, I felt like kind of a community service type thing. So I went and got registered as a substitute teacher. And I was in high demand because they were sh short-handed. So, I mean, I was subbing a couple days a week, pretty much every week. And I substituted for everything from kindergarten to the alternative high school. And you hear the horror stories of middle schoolers, like, why would anybody be a middle school teacher? <laughs> and so I was a little apprehensive when I went and did the first middle school subbing gig. But they were great. I mean, it's, yeah, they're kind of wild and rowdy, but 
kind of the way to look at it. They're old enough to know there's consequences for their actions, but they're young enough that they're not so jaded that they think they can get away with everything. Yeah. I mean, it was, I just enjoyed it. It was a, a cool age bracket. They're fun kids. And then wanting to teach math, that's kind of my wheelhouse of the math I like. Like I made it through calculus the first time. I don't want to do that again. So algebra, the sixth, seventh, eighth grade math. It, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, I love that. That's, yeah, you're just giving back in all sorts of ways. And even um, you said with your products, I mean, of course, you, it's your lifestyle. It's your, the way you're making a living, but you've given, no, I mean, you gave me this bag. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but you're giving back to the community as well, right? Yeah, I honestly, I'm just amazed that people want to give me money for these things I'm making. I mean, I, even if nobody wanted to buy them, I'd make them and give them to people. Just it's, it's my art. It just happens. People like them enough that they want to buy them. I do donate a lot of stuff. I donate products. If somebody's having a giveaway for a charity or a business or something like that and contacts me, I'd be happy to donate some. I've talked about that with other artists at the farmer's market, like, you know, haggling or bartering or trying to lower the prices on the things that you're selling i mean almost everyone there i mean they're selling their products for way less than they're probably worth when you put figure the amount of time they've put in but if i have i've had kids come up and they're looking at one of my products like oh man i love this and i don't quite have enough money with me i'm like oh no the price just dropped to that but (laughs) if you have someone come up like well I don't really like this. How about half the price? Like, no thanks. I'll, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll bring it home. Well, yeah, if you don't buy it, you're going to have to carry it home. Yep, it's light. I can make something and carry it around for six years before I sell it, and it doesn't really hurt me any. But, I mean, if someone loves it and wants it, I give away so much stuff. And then lately also during the whole COVID crisis, whether you believe in it or not, the mask thing. I mean, when Kootenai Medical Center early on was asking for anyone locally that could supply masks, I got a sewing machine. I had years worth of material scraps laying around and my wife got in on it too. We've donated over a thousand masks to so cool. local. Well, I have one of them. That was the best part. (laughs) I do like when I I run across people and I see like around town, like, oh, that's one of my masks. Which (laughs) when I met you for the first time, we're sitting there at coffee and you, I saw your mask. I'm like, hey, I made that. You probably got (laughs) one of the businesses that I've been dropping them off for. But yeah, it's, it's not a, nobody likes wearing masks. I don't like wearing masks either, but just having the ability to help out those that want them is something that I love. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, this money thing is something I think everyone struggles with, but I'm, you were giving such good energy. This is me getting really hippy dippy for a second, but you're giving so much good energy out with your products, recycling, giving masks out that I think we, for customers to be able to give you their good energy back through money, I think is exactly what you deserve because it's just that all that exchange of good energy, but I'm moving on to another hippy dippy subject. Oh, I gotcha. And we talked about that a little bit. I'm a man of science, but I don't, (laughs) I don't know everything. And I mean, here's the thing. Science can't even explain why a bike will stand upright when it's moving. I mean, it, it breaks all the laws of physics that like, okay, when you're riding a bike and balancing, you can prove why that works because you're making micro adjustments as you go to get a bike going along by itself and then just let go and it'll just roll down the street 
Well, and you also said that you really enjoy, I might be giving your secrets away, but you really enjoy yoga and the yoga where you're chanting and connecting in a different that's, way. That's, that's true. I call it like woo-woo yoga. <laughs> I, my massage therapist was like, the first time I started going to her, she's like, wow, you have really big leg muscles. You must bike a lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, uh, do you do yoga or anything? I'm like, no. It's like, well, if you don't start stretching, you're going to hurt yourself and you're not going to be able to ride your bike. So start <laughs> doing something. So I started going to yoga in Coeur d'Alene and it was one of the more woo-woo ones. I mean, there's chanting and savasana and all that. And I dig it. I mean, yoga is great. I've actually never done anything harder than that. Like, playing sports and stuff. It's like, oh, yoga, you're just sitting there. I mean, I've been almost crying and I've actually screamed out loud when you're trying to do some simple little pose where you're just sitting there for a long time. But I had a croc membership at the same time and they had part of that, they had yoga there. I'm like, well, I should just start going there for their yoga in the morning at the same time my son was swimming and I could go do that while he's a, a swim team. And I showed up and it's like, nah, this is just calisthenics. They're not even chanting. We're not getting a reading out of a book. I just can't do it. So apparently I'm not as scientific as I think I am. So <laughs> I love that. That's such a good sales pitch for, I talk to so many people I'm like, you need yoga in your life. I don't care who you are. You need it for whether it's connecting to source, whether it's for stretching, whether it's to like, there's so many reasons to do it. And there you go. You're Case in point, even if it just keeps you stretched out so you can keep riding your bike or going for a run. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. So is there anything else I'm not asking you or we haven't covered on your products, on your creativity? I mean, I loved you. You did say one thing about there was three key components to life and it was creativity. What was that? So what I've, what I've heard is that everyone should have three hobbies in their life, you know, something that you're doing outside of work. And those three hobbies, you should find a hobby that keeps you healthy. You should find a hobby that lets you have an artistic outlet and you should have a hobby that makes you money. So something you could do on the side. But cycling is my keeping me healthy and Strata Soul, the sewing gives me an artistic outlet and people give me money for my stuff, which I still think is amazing. But so it's kind of, you know, cycling's kind of tied in with all that. But I mean, it, it keeps you happy. Most people are like, they look for their self-worth or who they are through their work. And that's definitely, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But we can also reach out into our hobbies, what we're doing in our spare time and our free time that make us who we are also. For sure. When it's interesting because whenever my husband and I, who also is obsessed with bikes, so we'll have to introduce you to. Anyway, we talk about it all the time. Whenever you label anything, even as work, suddenly it also takes on like a heavier energy in your body. Like it's not as much fun. We're like, I have to go to work. But when you label anything as a hobby, you're like, I choose, I get to do this. And even with me doing this podcasting, I'm like, I love doing this. It's, it is that creative. It's a whole nother, I don't get paid for it. And I honestly love that because if I was given money for it, it would be, it would also become like, Oh, burdensome in a way. Right. I just get to do it because I love doing it. And I love talking to people and exploring our local area. So I really like that. One of the other things with 
like when you do a hobby as your main job, like I wasn't really looking at ending up in that spot and I'm kind of there now, you get more driven by, you have to, if, especially if it's art-based, you have to make these things that sell, no matter if you want to put your energy into making new products or going a different way. And I was a little worried about that. Like, well, I sell more of these handlebar bags than anything else. So I'm going to be spending every day making handlebar bags and I can't make maybe something else that I like more. And it hasn't really turned out that way. I mean, I, every single product I make, I made it first because I liked it and wanted to use it and make it for myself. And if it turned out and worked, then I'd start offering it to other people. So everything I'm making, even if it's, I sell that thing more often than something else. It's still something that I created and I love, love to make the first time. So it, it isn't dragging me down, I guess. I still get my artistic outlet through that because that's how it began. Right. Well, and you're such a positive person, obviously. You're looking for like that people around the globe are using and buying my stuff like that. You're looking for the good and everything. So that, I think that's also awesome. I, you know, you could, frame it as oh I have to do all this work now but you're yes I love your vibe and you're just positive outlook so hey yeah, we well, talked about this sorry go ahead oh I was gonna say like the glass half full half empty thing I mean it's not half full it's half empty half full doesn't matter somebody else is walking around with a pitcher of water ready to top it off I mean it's <laughs> stuff's gonna get better yeah. let's hope and that's the hard thing to say in 2020 but it's interesting I'm still waiting for somebody to walk around with a pitcher of water well, and even in 2020, though, looking for the opportunities to, to give back, to see the good in people, to see the good in situations, right? It's people are exploring bikes and getting to discover the awesomeness of riding a bike or being more creative or whatever it is. It's constantly looking for the positive rather than the negative. So it, I think it's just always a choice to see the negative or the positive. Yeah, true story. So we talked a little bit, but who are your top three local inspirations? Okay. Well, you guys already met Brandy, so I'm not going to wax poetic about her. But <laughs> she is awesome. Three that really jump out at me. One is Lake City Bicycle Collective, uh, Tom Morgan. I was hoping for something like that in our area for so long, like the Boise Bicycle Project is just amazing what they do down there. And there's lots of places like that around the country. And we were really lacking one. There was one in Spokane that kind of tried, but didn't really do it. Tom's great. He, he saves bicycle inner tubes for me. I pick them up from him. Just what he does for the community and the outreach and getting bikes for kids. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Another one is I just ran across them on Instagram a little while ago. Her name's Alex and her and her husband opened a used bookstore in Coeur d'Alene, bookishly happy down on government way. Just the fact that somebody's opening up a used bookstore with a brick and mortar storefront in this day and age gives me hope. I mean, I spent so much time as a kid wandering through used bookstores, finding books for cheap and the smell of the bookstore, the smell of the old books. It's just, it's awesome that somebody in our community is doing that. And I stopped by the other day and bought some books from her and met her in person. Just everybody check it out. It's, it's really cool. And then I was trying to think of a third one. I have a friend, uh, Travis Zumwalt. He lives in Sandpoint and he, I don't even know what his, his Instagram is like the wood wizard. He takes wood scraps 
and resin and make knife scales. That's his main gig. So makes like wood blocks for knife makers to make handles out of. And I met him through cycling. I mean, we, we ride together a lot. He actually, he rides his bike during the year up um, Schweitzer probably three or four times a week, every single week. And he's one of the strongest riders I know. And he's about four years older than me, which I'm old already, but he's just a really cool guy. And he, I mean, his stuff is art. I mean, he makes his living off selling it, but once again, it's just beautiful products that he's making because he loves it and people happen to want to give him money for it. And he's also, he makes knife scales like micarta, which is like cloth impregnated with resin. He's made some of it out of old fire hose, like the cotton fire hose. Well, it has a liner inside of it that's made out of a rubbery material that he doesn't use and he gave to me. And I've started incorporating it into some products also. So that's another used material that I use in my products. So yeah, those Lake City Bicycle Collective, Travis Zumwalt, the Wood Wizard up in Sandpoint, and Alex at Bookishly Happy. I mean, just those are three things that make me happy and give me some just hope. (laughs) I love that. You know what? I would also like you to do a shout out to your wife. What's her company? Oh, Romeo Pasta Company. So my wife's gluten-free and her whole family is gluten-free. She started making handmade pasta. She, my wife is basically the most amazing person I've ever met. I mean, she's brilliant. She's sweet. She's, she's such a good cook and she's drop dead gorgeous, but that's the last thing. Um, (laughs) But she started making pasta and she sold it at the farmer's market last year and really enjoyed it. She's high risk for COVID complications. So this year she wasn't able to do it. We'll see how next year goes. Maybe she can get back into it. But yeah. Oh, Romeo Pasta Company. It's named after our dog, Romeo. He's actually on the logo. He's a dachshund. But yeah, it's great pasta. I still get to eat it even if she's not selling it locally. So Perfect. win for me. That's awesome. Um, so Jason, where do we find you? Where's the best place for people to come and buy? Oh, so, stratasol.com, S-T-R-A-D-A-S-O-U-L, which that's another thing, just where you, I got the name from. It's really hard to come up with a name when you're opening some kind of shop or store. Like I probably went through like a hundred different ideas of names like what makes you think of used bike tubes and you'd come up with some great name and then you'd Google it and oh, Somebody else already came up with this great <laughs> name. So I was just scrambling and I'm just like coming up with random words. And strata means road in Italian. Oh. I'm not Italian. I don't know why I went that way. But so it's like road and soul. So it comes from the road is kind of the way I think about it. So stratasoul.com. I don't have a website, but that directs you to my Etsy shop. And Etsy is a great place. I mean, it's kind of like eBay for crafters. So all my products are on there. You can also reach me through the messaging on there and I do sell local some also. Nice. And Instagram, your Instagram is you are on point with your social media. And all my products, I don't really put this on the, on the website, but all my products have a lifetime warranty. If you can find me and I still have a sewing machine, I'll fix one of my bags while I'm still breathing or make you awesome. (laughs) If I don't have a sewing machine, you're kind of out of luck, but I probably will always have a sewing machine. So. And I won't give it away, but some of your products have a secret little um, something fun to find in them if you dig deep enough. 
Easter egg, yeah. I don't really <laughs> say it publicly, but so reason to order one of my handlebar bags. There's something really funny and cool in there. <laughs> it's awesome, you guys. Order one. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think I'll put all of this in the show notes as well so people can find you. But thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to get coffee with you last week and to chat with you again today. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on here. Thank you for joining Jason and I today. I'm loving the organic nature of how I'm being guided to interview people. There are so many amazing souls in different ways to find your true north. Jason is such an authentic, creative guy, passionate to share his gifts. Be sure to check out his store on Etsy. As I continue this journey of discovery and holistic living, I hope you join me as I get to know more awesome, inspiring people in this Inland West region. Please feel free to share, like, and let me know who you'd like to hear in the future. Sending all the love, light, and vibrancy. Until next time.